Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Back to the work week, man. You know, last night on Instagram, I posted, uh, you know, these two day weekends are starting to feel like thirty minute lunch breaks. That's really how they starting to feel, bro. They are. I feel like we just left here. Yeah. Can we get three days? Actually, I just had three days, so I can't. You got like four. No, I left on Thursday. I had Friday off. We need like three. We got to uh, we gotta change these things in America. We've been doing the same system for a long time. I don't know how long. I've only been here for 43 years, but I feel like they've been doing it before us, too. Mm-hmm. The two-day weekend thing. It's yeah. time to expand that. It's time to expand and make it three days. Just give us a day. Give us an extra day. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work to get done. Everything though. can start on Tuesday. Mm. Tuesday to Friday is fine, don't you think? And I saw somebody say uh, when when I posted that somebody said, "Well, if you was a real entrepreneur and you was a boss like Dame Dash said, then you know you you have an extra day. Entrepreneurs got to get up and go to work on Monday too, sir." I'm not gonna lie, I did have off on Friday, and when I tell you Friday, I feel like everybody was texting me about different things about work. I was stressed out, even though I had the day off. I was like, I just need a moment. I just need a minute. It is actually really hard being. You actually work like 24 seven. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it, it never stops. It never Even stops. if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, I feel like you got to work harder. I wake up in the morning to messages. At night, before I go to bed, I got to clear everything out. Everything is non-stop. Nah, it's definitely non-stop. I was in the office all day Saturday. Of course, it's tax season, so I got to uh, prepare the taxes and get everything right for taxes. So. Just don't pay them, huh? <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just wanted to see how you fix what IRS. I'm playing, guys and gals over there. That was literally okay. Kelvin. <laughs> and then you know how you get all those forms in the mail that look like it's a check, but it's really a, um, for oh, your taxes. Man. Rashawn Casey said he's paying his taxes soon. You, you ain't got no choice. You better. Jeez, Jeez. nothing worse than getting that letter in the mail from the IRS. You don't know what it's for. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, we're here. Okay, oh great problems to have. Happy Monday, everybody. That's right. Well, today, uh, Kimberly Jones will be joining us. Oh man, she's an activist and author. She oh, has man. a book, uh, "How We Can Win." Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, kick it with her in a Kim, little bit. Kim is all energy. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Kim is a spirit. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Bullworth, but in the movie Bullworth. Uh, the, the the displaced man tells Bullworth, "Don't be no, don't be no ghost. You gotta be a spirit." Mm. Kimberly Jones is a spirit. You hear me? You know, over the weekend, I, I told you I was uh, on a plane and I seen uh, in the Heights, which is a uh, it's a musical, and I thought you my watch ki- it again. And I thought my kids would love it, so I sat them all down. I ordered it. That movie was expensive too; it was fourteen dollars. But I ordered it. I sat them all down. Within five minutes, they looked at me like, "Nah, this ain't for me, Dad." So I just had to watch it again by myself. Oh. I never saw it. It was pretty good. I thought it was good. Well, shout out to Lin-Manuel Miranda and Anthony Ramos. Yeah, I thought it was great, actually. But my kids, they I don't, I don't think they understood it yet. They're kind of young. It's Why they don't like their own people, man? Well, Isn't a lot of Dominicans in that movie? It's, it's a Yeah, my kids are not Dominican, but yes, they are. No, they're not. What is up with you, man? What is up with you? Why they daddy Dominican, but they not Dominican? Their daddy's this not is Dominican. wild. No, their daddy's come not on, Dominican. Man, bro. But, you look, come on, you could have been on power, bro, playing one of uh, Monet's 
baby daddies, bro. Stop it. Oh, my God. All right. So. <laughs> Knock it off. Let's get this show Knock it off, bro. Front page news. What are we talking about? All right. Well, let's talk about President Joe Biden. On Thursday, he is asking for greater investments in local police departments alongside social services. We'll tell you what he I had to say. I told you that was coming. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Uh, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. You know those links they sent, uh, I would say maybe about two, three weeks ago, that if you fill out this link, they'll give, send you a free uh, at-home COVID test? Yes. Yeah, well, those uh, COVID tests, did y'all get them? They're starting to come in now. I didn't. I don't, you got yours, Nick? Yeah, I got mine. I have some at home already, so. I don't pay attention to no packages that come to my house. Yeah, I purchased some of those, too. I'm sure they did, though. Okay. All right, well, let's get in some front page news. Now, the Pro Bowl was over the weekend. Did anybody watch it? Did you guys watch? No, I saw Deion Sanders complaining about the fact that nobody takes the Pro Bowl serious anymore. And back in the day, back in his day, it was a it was a, a privilege and an honor to be there. And, you know, they used to go there and actually play. Yeah, that's when it was in Hawaii. I never really watched the Pro Bowl, though. It was never, mm-hmm. no, no, I don't know. But the AFC beat the NFC 41-35. What else we got, Yeezy? Um, well, let's talk about Joe Biden. On Thursday, he was calling for greater investments in local police departments. And also social services and a visit to New York City. He said, we are not about uh, defunding the police. We're about funding. And he also rejected the defund the police idea that had been pushed. He's also pushing this five-part plan that was unveiled in June that sought to stem the flow of firearms and also invest in police resources. Right now, Republicans are saying that Democrats are weak on crime. And this is all before the midterm elections in November. So here is what Joe Biden is asking for from Congress. It's time to fund community policing to protect and serve the community. And so I'm also calling for increased funding for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms and the U.S. Marshal's offices. I'm confident that if we fund these programs, we'll see a reduction in violence. They're also asking for new efforts to crack down on ghost guns. Those are unregistered and untraceable homemade weapons that can be made with a 3D printer. So right now they're saying with more guns than people, the U.S. is by far the most heavily armed society in the world. And sales to first-time buyers skyrocketed in 2020. Well, a new crime bill on the way guaranteed. It won't be called a crime bill, but it'll have all the makings of a crime bill because Joe Biden is a notorious tough-on-crime politician. And with violent crime rising the way it is in America, you know that's coming. But what is community policing? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, people who are community activists that actually have a lot of programs to get mm-hmm. guns off the street. And... Like like Erica Ford? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So more investments into that because a lot of people do that work with investments from the community or for free. So now let's use some of that money. And that is kind of what defunding the police was, right? Actually taking some of the money that goes to the police department and putting it toward these services Mm -hmm. and people who are doing the work. That is defunding. That's exactly what defunding the police is. Yes. All right. Now, Eric Adams, in the meantime, the mayor of New York City, of New York, has um, apologized after an old clip resurfaced where he was recorded saying that he was a superior cop compared to his colleagues. This was at a private Harlem Business Alliance event back in 2019. And he actually called some of his colleagues crackers. He did nothing wrong. What did he do wrong? He apologized. Inappropriate, inappropriate comments should not have been used. Someone asking me a question using that comment and playing on that word, I responded in that comment. All right, do you want to hear the original statement? Here's what he said originally. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the blacks in law enforcement. Okay, Miss Sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain, you know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. 
I can't tell anyone how to react to anyone's words. If you are offended, hey, man, you have every right to be. But if you ask me, I don't think Eric Adams did anything wrong other than pronounce cracker wrong. Okay? He said it, he said it too proper. Okay, let, let him hear how he should actually say it, right? Oh, boy. Come on, Ray. Cracker ass cracker. There you go, man. If you're going to say it, you got to lay it out there. That was two years ago. That was the gentrified version of Cracker. Yeah, three right. years ago. All right, three now, years ago? Yeah. Okay. Now, one Navy SEAL candidate died and a second was in the hospital this after getting sick just hours after they successfully completed the Hell Week test that ends the first phase of assessment and selection for Navy commandos. According to the Navy on Saturday, they were both rushed to the hospital. They said neither one had experienced an accident or an or unusual incident during the five-and-a-half-day Hell Week. This is part of a class that inclu- includes a basic underwater demolition, Survival and other combat tactics. It's in the fourth week as SEAL candidates are being assessed, and they're hoping to be selected for training within the Naval Special Warfare Basic Training Command. So uh, one of them died, and the other was in stable condition. The cause of death was not immediately known and was under investigation. Now, it was unclear from the autopsy report, uh, but one of them, they're saying, revealed that uh, Lovelace, he's the one that had an enlarged heart, that contributed to his death and that he also had an abnormal coronary artery that had been associated with sudden cardiac death. A lot of times that happens with athletes. So, Yeah, that that, that was very sad. They need to get rid of that hell week. They're saying only 25% of the SEALs actually make it through, finish the, 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 the task that they're supposed to do. And if only 25% can finish that task, wouldn't they take the task away? So that's well, like, yeah, they said the program is so grueling, at least 50 to 60% don't make it through Hell Week when they're pushed to the limit. So it's like when uh, college kids are trying to join a fraternity or sorority, that's what that's like? Um, I don't think it's actually yeah, like that, it's but thing. it's like that, yeah. Mm. I don't mean exactly like it, you but mean, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's like a tough week. It's like hazing is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, hazing, yeah, yeah. but I guess it's a tough week of things that they have to do. But if 25% only make it through, why continue to do it? Yeah, that's wild. Now we're doing it for issues and, and giggles. Like, you know, it's no sense. When you say make it through, you mean like they actually die? No, 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 no. I mean finish the task. They oh, don't, they'll oh, die, oh, oh. but they like, Jesus finish Christ. the task. Okay. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up. Phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who this? What's up? This is Big Stan on the 313. What's up, brother What's Detroit? Up, Big Get it Stan? Off your chest. What's up, Charlemagne? What's up, DJ Envy? Hey, you were talking about that uh, baby steel. God bless those those shoes that lost their lives. But you want the best of the best, man. I'm a 20-year-plus veteran of the United States Army. You, I understand it's nothing like hazing in college. It's nothing like that. You want the, It's only 1% of the population that's for the military. And you need the best of the best. The one position, the one percent of the one percent, to be the best of the best. You know, it's crazy. Soon as we, soon as we uh, finished the break, that's what I said. I was like, "Yo, man, isn't that good? Like, don't you want the best? Like you said, don't you want the best of the best? Yeah, but you don't want them to die. You know, like, like she reported. Of course, you don't want them. Twenty sixteen, somebody died. Like, you don't. You know, if 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 they causing that, you don't want them to die. You want? I know you want the best of the best. You know. True story, but but you that's 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 the fighting edge of the sport, man. Mm-hmm. You want, that's middle of the night. You want the best warriors, man. You can't have subpar warriors. Okay. Well, thank you, brother. All right, boss. Have a great day. Have a good one. Hello, who's this? My name is Ron. I'm from uh, 
California, visiting home in Philadelphia. Love your show. Hey, Rod. Um, How are you, Ron? I'm great. I've been listening to Charlemagne probably since uh, in the late 90s when he was here on the Wendy Williams show. That was not the late 90s, sir. <laughs> that, that was, the that the was 80s, not the late okay, 90s. Bro, that, was, the 80s. that was like 06. Nah, we go with the 80s. 2006. Pardon me, pardon me. You know, I'm, I'm an older gentleman. Time really goes fast for me. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> listen, I want to tell you how much I appreciate um, your news and political commentary. I've probably been listening for maybe seven, eight years now. Um, I, I, I think you guys are highly underrated as interviewers, and I just want you to know that there are people like me that listen and who appreciate the probing questions you ask. Now, my pitch is I'm hoping I can get Charlemagne to, uh, I'm, a, I'm a retired school teacher. I'm hoping I can get Charlemagne to uh, take a look or have somebody in his organization look at my memoir. I'd like to see if I can get that published. Uh, can you give me some contact? A- absolutely. I'm, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm, I'm definitely looking for, uh, for, for, new, for new material for Black Privilege Publishing. Hold on, okay? Oh, that's right. Thank, thank you, guys. I appreciate you all. Hold on one second. He's on line 10. Get, get his email, like. Hello, who's this? Yo, this Solo. Solo, what up? Get it off your chest. Yo, I wanted to call and talk to you about that hell week, the topic you were saying this morning. Go ahead, brother. I, I, yeah, I was saying how you were saying, you know, only 25% make it. But that's a program in itself that only wants a certain amount. It's not for everybody to come through, you know, and, and be able to make it. Gotcha. And while, yeah, not everybody makes it, you know, they only they only looking for the best of the best. You know, that can't be everybody, you know. I got you. Right. It's that's just, true. Yeah, that's, I ain't want to get too much more of my chest, man. I'm going to shout out to you guys, man. DJ Envy, Charlamagne, Ashley, man. I listen to y'all every morning on the way to work, man. All right, brother. Thank Shout-out you. Yeah, have a good one. All right, you too. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm dialing. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm calling call you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is 11-year-old DJ Marley. Hey, 11-year-old DJ, hey, DJ Marley. Why are you up this time of morning, it's DJ time Marley? It's school. I mean, I actually wanted to talk about something really important. Okay, okay we're ready. Go ahead. The price of lunch has increased at your school, hasn't it? No, I actually wanted to talk about this organization called Girls Make Beats that helps girls around the world okay. who want to learn how to produce, who want to be DJs, anything really in the music business. Oh, okay. that's amazing. I like that. How, so how do you join the program? Well, they have a scholar, and you just you can reach out to them on either Instagram or you can, what's it called, email them, and they'll talk to you, and you can get involved in it. So you make beats? Yes, I do. And you DJ. And you DJ. That's what's, right. What's the, yeah. give, give them the Instagram page, DJ Marley. It's Girls Make Beats. Girls and my make Instagram beats. page is DJ Marley 954 And how old are you? 11. 11. So you starting to DJ parties and stuff? Actually, I DJ for the Miami Heat and the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, okay. tell them don't play with you. Oh, don't tell play. them don't play with you, Marley. Okay. Now, let me tell ask you this. Tell this little envy to sit down somewhere. <laughs> is this an organization that Stitches is involved with? Yes. Okay, I actually did something with you guys uh, previously. Shout out to Stitches. Yeah, shout out to Stitches. In Miami. Yeah. Well, Marley, uh, salute to you. I love your energy. I love your style. I love the fact that you woke up this morning and decided to call the Breakfast Club, the market, you know, girls make beats. Salute to you. You on the right track, queen. Have a good morning. You too. 
All right, and shout to Stitches out in Miami if you want to get into some of those programs where she gives back, whether it's the DJing program and she's helping uh, students get through college. She's helping pay for their books and helping pay for uh, some of their uh, living arrangements. Definitely check out Stitches. You have Stitches uh, Instagram? Is Marley in? Yes. Is, I wonder if DJ Marley's in Miami. 954. So yeah, yeah, 954 sounds like yeah. Well, DJ AO, why you don't have uh, DJ Marley on the radio station on 103.5 to beat in Miami? Stuff like that is just no-brainers to me. All right, well, Stitches Instagram is uh, S-T-I-C-H-I-Z, Stitches. And shout out so. to Stitches at the car show. We gave away a bunch of money to a bunch of students, so. Give DJ Marley a big show a week on 103.5 to beat in Miami. Groom the next generation of DJs and radio oh, yeah, personalities. Do we still do that in this business? No. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I love yeah. I love that Stitches is doing big yeah, things, and she's been working Salute on this girls make beats for years. So. Salute to you, Stitches. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Clark from 302. Clark, what up? Get it off your chest, brother. How you doing, DJ? MB Strowman, Peace, King. Great. Hey, I just want to say thank you all. Y'all helping me. I lost my vision a year and a half ago, and this year of helped me get through my mental depression thing. Damn. Well, we glad we can help, my yeah, brother. Absolutely, brother. We appreciate yeah, you. I, I, got, I got one. I lost one eye, but one eye just came back two months ago. So Won't he do it? Yes, he will. God was the boy, you know, my life. But I'm stupid. And, and Charlemagne, I just want to ask you. I be asking, want to be asking for a whole week. And I can talk get some books. Oh, you old on. We're going to send you some books. Charlemagne going to send you some hats and whatever else he got back there. Hold on now. You can, I mean, you can read because ain't like. He got one eye. Oh, you said y'all. Okay. Came back and, yeah. And you got Audible. I'm, I'm good now. I can see a little bit, but I'm just dying to see some books. I'll send you I a pack. That. I got a pack. I'll send you the Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, and I'll send you Anita Kopak Shallow Waters. I'll send them to you right now. You hold on, brother, right? Y'all going to be blessed. Thank you. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Envy, I know you could relate to this, but we'll tell you a former NBA player actually pooped in the bed, and it was caught on camera. I ain't pooping the bed. Yeah, I ain't never pooping no I bed, man. Pooping no bed. I ain't never even had the dream. You know, you had a dream that you pee in the bed. I ain't never had no dream that I was uh, pooping, pooping in my bed. Y'all have sharded, though. Yeah, I have sharded. I've sharded, but okay. that's different. There you go. But not in the bed. He pooped. Well, we'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. He said what? Nothing. That ain't what he said. Just now? What you say? You, you said he said what now? It sounds like it could give me what you need. You know I ain't hear number. I ain't hear no n words in that song. Yet. All right. You well. just he, he just making stuff up about people. I'm ass. I asked. I just asked. Oh. You said your ass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys hear the craziest things, man. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Lamar Odom. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. Guys. The rumor report. Guys. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Lamar Odom is one of 11 contestants. It's the third season of Celebrity Big Brother. And in this latest episode, there was a moment that was caught on the show's live feed where he actually pooped in the bed. Listen to this. <laughs> it sounds like you're scrubbing vigorously. I am. I just let the world know I just took a in my bed. No, you didn't. I did. I had to clean it up. the world. This project... Hear you? Oh. That's not going to help you get Chloe back. i tell you that much. <laughs> not at all. Well, he posted what happened on his Instagram. He put, ish happens. My manager calls me a ish show for a reason. I actually suffer from lactose intolerance and IBS. So last night's late night snack on Big Brother of beef jerky sticks, candy, and warm milk 
was a stomach oh, ache waiting to happen. My God, Lamar. He what said, the hell? My fart turned sharp, and bam, I'm on TMZ. The good thing is it didn't happen during a competition. The bad thing is Pepto-Bismol hasn't reached out to me for an endorsement yet. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant, too. I'm, I don't have no IBS, but I, I don't drink milk at all, but I still have never sharted in the bed. Lactose intolerant or not, that's a terrible combination. Beef, sh- jerky sticks, and warm disgusting. milk. Disgusting. When candy. you said it, it's like, oh, my God. How dare he? That's nasty. I've never sharted in the bed. Have I sharted in the car while driving? Yes. Me too. Never in the bed. Are you trying to um, fart, uh, shart, shame him in the bed? So it's okay to shart other places. I just never did it in the bed. Yeah, yeah I just don't see how you I do it in the bed. I did it up here one time. I did it in the car one time. I mean, it could happen if you're just doing it sitting here at work. But when you're in the bed, though, you can rush to get to the bathroom. In the car, I was really, like, trapped in the car. But I feel like the point of sharting is you think it's a fart. That's no, what... I knew I had to go. Oh, I, no. I thought farting was going to relieve a little bit of the, the pressure. And so when I let nah. that little out I was like oh and oh, then no. it was followed by no, no, something no. warm and no, ready no. I thought it was gas that's what I thought See, it was I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't no, no poop or diarrhea I thought it was gas no and I knew I had to poop but I, I thought that I could fart and just relieve a little bit of tension that's and what I, I thought I was peeing up here and I tried to little gas and it wasn't gas mm. and I just had to take my boxes off and oh that right. happened here yeah I threw them out Oh wow! <laughs> you sound fascinated. <laughs> like, no, I remember I? there was always this story about oh, you know wow. people thought he was up here doing oh. things he had no business doing with somebody. What? I'm just what playing. Are you, talking about? <laughs> you, know, you just making stuff up. <laughs> All right, now Wendy they make Williams up stories about us. That's has asked the judge to unfreeze her Wells Fargo account that has several million dollars in it. Now, she's been locked out of that account for two weeks, according to court records. Her petition said she suffered imminent and irreparable financial damage as a result. And so they have not immediately responded to an email request for comment at Wells Fargo. But they're saying that they said the agreement with Wendy Williams allowed it to pause or reject instructions for a proposed transaction if the company suspects financial exploitation, dementia or undue influence, according to the petition. And so the petition, I guess, means that they can actually just cut off her access to her bank account. I'm definitely sending Wendy Healing Energy. That's the way. That's not the way I want that story to end. You know what I mean? For but somebody I'm, who's had such mm-hmm. had the career that she has, she deserves to, you know, go out a different way. But you know, who who am I to say I'm, that? I'm not mad at that though. They're protecting her assets and making sure that she's okay before they release any money. I'm not mad at that. They're not yeah. spending her money. It's not like they're saying, hey, you can't have it. They're just saying, we want to make sure you're okay and it's not somebody else spending your money that's not supposed to be spending Yeah, clearly money. clearly somebody knows something that we don't. You know what I mean? Clearly there's mm-hmm. more to the story that we don't know. You know, I'm not mad at that. All right, well, that is your rumor report. And I really just keep thinking about the fact that, like, if people, if people think me and Envy got something going on, right, and then they find dirty underwear up here. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine a custodian that listens to this show and then they find a pair of dirty drugs. They're like, I don't know what they got going on. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. And then you talk about it on the air. It's like a cover-up in case it ever comes out to get ahead of the story. Exactly. Oh, my imagine God. That. Oh, my God, man. Right. Oh. Well, that is your rumor report. Right. Happy Monday. You don't. You, did you not think about that? No, I didn't think about that. You should have put it in a bag or something. You just don't throw it in the trash. Just somebody just find a pair of dirty underwear. Nobody should be in the trash, bro. Why wouldn't they, they be? I put it in the tra- in the bottom. Of, I, put I it don't in. know, man. And like That's... who changed a baby in here? <laughs> and why is a baby like wearing grown drawers? <laughs> Lord have mercy. You guys are crazy. All right, Man. front page news is next. It's Last the time I Club. saw something like this when I was cleaning up at Rikers. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same.
The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Everybody, it's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, Pro Bowl, all right, was this weekend. Did any of y'all see it? Watch it. Never, yeah. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in years, sadly. I don't think they do a good job marketing the Pro Bowl. And no. I mean, also, we know that the players go there and don't really care. Yeah, they don't really care. Tackle so, what's the point of like watching that, right? the game? Exactly. Well, the AFC beat the NFC 41 35. Now, what else we got, Yeezy? All right. Well, Mark Zuckerberg's Meta is adding a feature now, and that is to combat virtual reality harassment. And this is after a woman says she was virtually gang raped in the metaverse. The feature is called Personal Boundary. That will prevent other users' avatars from invading your avatar's personal space. So it's going to be rolled out um, starting on Friday. So if somebody tries to enter your personal boundary, the system will halt their forward movement as they reach that boundary. They said, we believe personal boundary is a powerful example of how VR has the potential to help people interact comfortably. It'll kick in if other users come within about four feet of each other. So so it's like social distancing. So basically, you still got a social distance on in the metaverse. Yes, you can be like, eh, stop, don't invade my personal what, space. But the metaverse, I thought, is is your character or avatar, yes, your avatar that you make up, though, right? You can make it up, right? So you can give yourself, like, extra strength and things like that, right? Am I wrong? Because it's well, yeah, not this real. Is just what are you talking a, about? So you can push is, through the boundary? Nah, is so, that what you're talking about? But like, let's say let's say we in the metaverse and you try to sexually assault me, right? I should have enough power where I could beat your ass up. Man, shut up, man. It is. <laughs> but he shouldn't. But now with this personal boundary, that he won't your... even be able to come within four feet of you because to even should... be able to do that. Gotcha. Because don't be a virtual rape apologist. Because you can make up whatever you need. You could. You could, I could be strong. I could kick, run. Right? Don't be a virtual rape apologist. Respect people's boundaries. I'm just but in that in case, he could metaverse. overpower you, right? I don't know. But then I could in overpower that case, him. Listen. All we know is if people are uncomfortable with. Avatars. I don't know how it works. I'm just asking. But doesn't that defeat the purpose of the metaverse? So I thought the pur- the purpose was to all congregate amongst well, each other. Well, you don't have to activate your personal boundaries. Somebody, if you're comfortable with somebody, you can let them in. But you don't have to just allow anybody in your personal. Yeah, state. I'm sure it's gonna be. I nuanced. wish that existed in real life. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be nuanced, right? Like, there's certain people you can keep away from you, and there's certain people you can bring in. I would mm-hmm. assume. If I know you, I'm like, okay, you can come in my personal space. All right, now, hundreds have taken to the streets of downtown Minneapolis Saturday afternoon, many of them carrying signs saying Black Lives Matter and Fry Light, Amir died. This is after Amir Locke, 22 years old, was fatally shot by Minneapolis police SWAT team um, executing a no-knock warrant. So... Apparently, Amir Locke had nothing to do with anything. He was on his couch under the cover sleeping, and the police busted in using one of those key fobs, and he jumped up. He had a a gun, and they shot him. But he had nothing to do with anything. So they're still doing these no-knock warrants. In Minneapolis, they said the same judge who presided over Derek Chauvin's trial signed the no-knock warrant that led to Amir Locke's death. According Mm -hmm. to reports, Judge Peter Cahill is the one who signed off on the warrant, which is currently sealed. And so here is Amir Locke's family speaking out. This is very, very detrimental and heart-wrenching and hard. I should be able to tell my son that I love you and he says I love you too. (laughs) But now I have to do that in spirit. That's not right. I believe that he was executed by the MPD and I want the police officer that murdered my son to be prosecuted and fired. The city identified the officer as Mark Hanneman, but they gave no other information about him on a public data page set up by the city. 
I don't feel enough noise around this this story. I don't feel enough noise around this situation. You know, have we become numb to police killings? Is is everybody exhausted because this happens, you know, so much and we just don't know what to do anymore? Like, what, what what's what's going on? Well, that's why we want to make sure we report these stories as as they as we hear them. And you said it was the wrong house. Um, he was the wrong person. I don't know. We don't have all the information on who it was. There's other reports saying that uh, a person that was of interest lived in that house, but we just know it was not a mayor lock. He had nothing mm. to do with it. Yeah, that we do know. Yeah, you can't just say my bad after you take a life. You know and we've I mean? already said that no-knock warrants are terrible. Look at what happened to Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, he, and, his li- and his gun was licensed. Yeah, it's for his, anybody. Yeah. It was licensed. He, he had a concealed carry permit for his, his weapon. And I don't understand why people act like if somebody just randomly busts into your house and you're not expecting them, you're not going to go grab your weapon. That's Absolutely. the whole point of having, the, having yes. a weapon. Absolutely. city where George Floyd was killed also. Let's remember that too. It's just, it's just strange to me that there's no malpractice when it comes to law enforcement. That's what it feels like. It feels like there's no malpractice when it comes to law enforcement. Because mm-hmm. you should not be able to make a mistake like this and you know there be no consequences to your action. All right. Well, we'll keep you updated and make sure we keep on discussing Amir Lak. And that is your front page news. So sad. All right. Well, that. Uh, well, what are we talking about, Yee? What you want to get into? Um, what are we talking about? All right. So we are talking about this uh, this post that happened. Nowadays, healthy. Uh, Kiara Sherrod said this. Nowadays, healthy boundaries seem like insecurity and distrust to some. I'm blessed to have a husband and friends who I trust. My family and friends are most welcome in my home, and they know who they are. But she also says that she has a preference of friends staying in a hotel versus in the home that she shares with her husband. And so, do we have that audio? Yes? No? Yeah, we have it. Okay. I know you said you're really close with your mom, and I know she gives you advice. And there's like an ongoing rule. My mom tells me the same thing. I'm not married, but once you're married, do not let another woman into your household. Absolutely, Tashara. My mama has already looked. Don't have any, don't have too many people around y'all. Don't get comfortable. I don't care how you know good you trust or whatever it is. I'm very mindful um, and very careful. I will buy a friend a hotel room before I let them stay at my house. However, I am a prayerful woman to discern the space that I am in. So what is the question? And that was a shout out to Tashara from Page Six, who was asking that question in her interview. Yeah, shout out to Tashara. Mm-hmm. What's the question? Uh, so the question is, how do you feel about letting your best friend stay in the house with your significant other? Do you think that's uncomfortable? Would you feel like your friend has to get a hotel room? Or are you like, I trust everybody. You can all stay in the house together, even if I'm not there. If they're my friend and I call them friend, I don't have a problem. I wonder why you would ever be not there. If you have to go to work, over. that happens to me all the time. I have friends staying with me. And I got to go to work. My boyfriend's in town staying there, too. Mm. Then what? If they're your friend, I wouldn't have a problem. My friends had spent the night at my house when I had to leave, and I didn't have a problem or felt away. Mm-hmm. I actually felt bad for them because I knew my kids were going to jump on them in the morning. But other than that, I'm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about it. 800 585 1051. What are your thoughts on this? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Let's talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about what, Yeezy? 
Uh, we were talking about Kiara Shirt. She was doing an interview with Tashara Jones from page six of the New York Post. And she was discussing uh, not having her best friend stay in the house with her husband. Here's what she said. I know you said you're really close with your mom and I know she gives you advice. And there's like an ongoing rule. My mom tells me the same thing. I'm not married, but once you're married, do not let another woman into your household. Absolutely, Tashara. My mama has already looked. Don't have don't have too many people around y'all. Don't get comfortable. I don't care how you know good you trust or whatever it is. I'm very mindful um, and very careful. I will buy a friend a hotel room before I let them stay at my house. However, I am a prayerful woman to discern the space that I am in. Now she's talking about healthy boundaries, and she said it should not seem like insecurity and distrust. Well. Listen, that's her boundary. You know, it's interesting, right? Uh, I, re I respect her boundary. I think folks would say if you truly trust everyone, it shouldn't matter. But I don't think trust has anything to do with it. It's just whatever makes you comfortable. Like my wife and, you know, my, my homegirls, they stay over. Back in the day when we was all on the grind, I've stayed with my homegirls. My homegirls have stayed with me. So I don't see the issue. But that's Kira's boundary. So, you know, I respect to her. I can't. I'm, I guess your house, your rules. Yeah, are your are your life your boundaries? Yeah, because I don't I don't have a problem. I had I've had my friends uh, spend a night, but I call them friends for a reason. Those are my friends. There's certain people that I know that if, if you know if they had a problem or they want to spend the night, maybe they they got drunk or maybe we was just late. Yeah, they could spend a night, and if I had to leave, I feel comfortable them with my crib. And I think it also depends on how big your space is. Because if you have like a studio or a one bedroom, it could be uncomfortable to have too many people and no privacy. And it depends on how well they know each other. If you're about, if you're not at the house, and say you know your friend is not like super tight with your man, that might be uncomfortable for both of them to be in. I wouldn't even want to stay in the house. You know, overnight, if my friend wasn't there, if her husband oh, yeah. or mean, her, her man was there, it would make me uncomfortable. Like, I don't, you know. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? Because it's like, if the, the people that come to my house are like my actual friends that I call family. So that means they they, they not just my friend, they're my wife's friend. They're not just my wife's friend, they're my friend. we known them for a long time. We trust each other. We might we probably vacation together. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not leaving. Why would the person that I don't even really know would even be at my house anyway? That's that's my whole thing. Like, <laughs> like my friends come yes. to my house. Like I don't have to be home, and my friends will go to my kids' games. They'll go uh, drop off birthday gifts. They'll come play with the kids. They'll go shoot hoops with with, with, with my kids. Like my my friends come over the house, so it's mm -hmm. never a problem. If they spend a night, they spend a night. Like it, even if it was a one bedroom, if it was a studio, it didn't matter. They're my friends, and my like I look at my friends as family. And I, I like that kind of stuff. To be I'm, honest with you, I, I'd rather I'm, you stay with us than get a hotel. Like nah, stay with us. I like it. I like kicking it late with your peoples, waking up in the morning, eating breakfast. I like that kind of stuff. I'm cool with with my friends' husbands, but some of them I'm not like you know don't know them like that where I've been staying in their house I really don't stay at people's houses anyway but I will say my best friend her boyfriend who's now her husband he used to stay at our house all the time when we were roommates and so I you know that's like my family too but only because he used to stay at our house all the time so I know him so well I'd be going to the kitchen he'd be in the kitchen we had one bathroom so we had to share the bathroom so sometimes you know that could be a little awkward but he's definitely like family but everybody I don't feel like that with now my friend is is Gia's friend and Gia's friend is my friend we all friends so I, I don't have no problem with it but everybody's boundaries are different I respect everybody's boundaries all right let's go to the phone line Brian good morning what's up y'all how y'all doing how you doing what's brother? up Brian how you doing I'm alright. Don't don't do it like that, Charlamagne. <laughs> what? That's how you sounded at first. Yeah, you, you, said, you, said, you said you're not letting no friends stay in the house. Right? 
Y'all caught me off guard. You caught me off guard. Now, so you're not letting no friends stay around <laughs> your man. Hey, man. Hey. Tell the man, I'm from South Carolina too. That's the accent breaking through. Okay. Don't blame that on your milk and cookies. But okay, what'd you say? <laughs> so you say you're not letting no friends stay around your man. Check this out. My, uh, see, y'all tripping, y'all tripping. But see, I don't want nobody around my woman because the world's so scandalous right now. You feel me? Everybody listen, like, you got grown men our ages trying to be NBA young boy. These women, they want to be like women that you see on you right. Housewives, Real Housewives and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So why would I put myself in that position where I know that uh, everybody's mind is messed up from the media and like Wicked is what's, what's popping right now. Everybody want to be the devil. You feel what I'm saying? So I don't really trust people at all. I know. We've seen the movie Soul Food. Even your close circle, though? Like, I mean, because I, mean, I get what you're saying. Everything you're saying is absolutely right. But... People like that that you're describing aren't in my close circle. You seen the cousin I mean, on Soul Food? Well, go ahead. What you saying, No, I seen you seen the cousin on Soul Food. Uh, what is it? Terry's cousin on Soul Food slept with her husband. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. they never liked Terry though. <laughs> they like they all they always already side eyed Terry. Like cousin we act like face. we don't know who these people are. Like the people that are snakes, you know who they are. Marcus, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Talk to us. Yeah, I was calling in reference to y'all's question of the day, uh-huh. and uh. I, at first, I was thinking that it was a good idea to go ahead and uh, do something like that with the significant other out of the house and a female friend in. And uh, she decided to want to take a shower and caught me slipping. I took her a towel when she asked for it. And she came out of the bathroom to get it, butt naked, and Ooh. hugged up on me. And I was like, wow. wow. That that changed my whole theory about having the significant other's friend in the house. So, no, it's not a good idea at then all. Then what happened? I walked out the room. Real talk. Well, that was different, though. She what? tried you. You know what I'm saying? And and, 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 and and how close of friends were they prior to this? Uh, since she was a teenager. Damn, did you tell your wife? Uh, years later. <laughs> when you say since, how old were y'all when this happened? Uh, I was in my 30s. Damn. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. All right, brother. He said, uh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. What's up? You hit, didn't you? Come on, tell your Uncle Charlotte now. You ain't got to tell you. You, you hit, didn't you? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I <laughs> that laugh, though. That laugh. Huh? You yeah, do? it's always that laugh with you, Angela. Did you tell Did you tell your girl? He said, yeah. He said, he said years him. later. Okay. He said, years later. Thank you, brother. I don't believe him. He hit that. 800-585-1051. Would you let your best friend or your friend stay over at the crib, huh? While your husband's there, while your man's there? Call us up right now. Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, what are we talking about, Yeezy? Uh, we are talking about Kiara Shirts. She did an interview with Tashara Jones from Page Six from the New York Post. And she was talking about her preference of friends staying in a hotel versus staying in her home that she shares with her husband. Here's what she said. I know you said you're really close with your mom and I know she gives you advice and there's like an ongoing rule. My mom tells me the same thing. I'm not married, but once you're married, do not let another woman into your household. Absolutely, Tashara. My mama has already, look, 
Don't have don't have too many people around y'all. Don't get comfortable. I don't care how you know good you trust or whatever it is. I'm very mindful um, and very careful. I will buy a friend a hotel room before I let them stay at my house. However, I am a prayerful woman to discern the space that I am in. Everybody's boundaries are different. I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at her for that. You know what I mean? Like you got to set your own boundaries to find your own peace. That's the, that's the name of Nedra, Nedra Tawab's book, right? Set boundaries, find peace. So if that's the way she finds peace and that's the boundary she wants to set, I have no problem with that. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? Morning. It's Chris. What's going on? Chris, what's going on, man? What's your opinion, brother? Not much. You absolutely not cannot have someone. You have to set boundaries, proper boundaries. You can't have uh, people up in your space. It depends on who it is. Um, I was talking to a girl one time, and it was cool. She had a friend, but I had a bad feeling about her. And I'm telling her, this is not your friend. You know, the friend would say that she saw me somewhere with someone. It's my blood sister. Mind you, i never seen this person before. But anyway, she came over, and she slept over. It was cool. You feel me? Nothing happened. No weird business. I seen the way she looked at me. Anyways, me and the girl broke up. Four or five months later, I was with her friend. Wow. So, yep. You can you got to have people respect your boundaries. And I told her, I said, this person's your friend. This person's your friend. This other person, they say they're your friend, but they're not your friend. There's the guy who smashed his girlfriend. And this is your this man, is, but he yeah, don't really I care. Petty. I was be I had to prove a point. I didn't even like the Come to prove on. A point. Goodbye. Hello, who's this? It's Hello. George. What's up, Envy? George, what's up? Talk to us. What's your thoughts, brother? No, I ain't doing that, man. I can't trust that action, man. Even though I, I would trust my wife, but... Nah, things happen. I can't do that. Why would I not be there anyway? Yeah, that's the only other part. I mean, Angela, you had a good example, but yeah, I don't see why you would really not be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my job to be there. Like, I can't. But what I if you have to go to work? Yeah, what if you got to go to work or you got to run out of town or you got to do something? Well, get up. Where's my home? We got to go, too. We got to go, too. We got to go. I'm leaving there at 6 o'clock yeah, and I'm he leaving there. He got to go. Word. I'm leaving there at 5 go. in the morning. Let's go. Nah, I don't bother. <laughs> Basically, he got to go. I ain't, I ain't having that, man. Nah, because when friends come in town, they spend a the night at the crib, and they, they might have a couple days, to, something to do in, in New York or New Jersey. I let them stay. I ain't making them come to work with me. I don't have a, I mean, I don't have a lot of homeboys anyway. So, like, for me, it's like I, it's always a house full of women regardless. So, it's, it's a little different, I think. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Chantel. Hey, Chantel. Good morning. Good morning. What's your thoughts, I mean, Mama? I'm shocked I got through. Um, my thoughts is I'm agreeing with you today, Envy. I think it would just be... Ain't no anybody staying at my house unless I really call them my friend. That's right. Yep. And I would be a little offended if my friend wouldn't let me stay. Like, I go to Dallas and I stay with my friend, but if she was to get married... I would be a little offended if I couldn't stay at a house number. Like, oh, really? come. But I mean, that's her house. And so sometimes, you know, you got to respect that. I get what you're saying, Angela. But I mean, it's, it would be the same door policy for me if she was to come to Detroit and visit me. Of course, she can stay here. I'm like, with you. I'm, I'm married as well. So it's like, I don't know. I just think if something was to be done, it was supposed to be revealed to me in the first place. That's right. But I will say this, though. With with myself, I have friends in different cities, and I never, even though they invite me to their crib, I always stay at a hotel. I I, I never stayed at anybody's house. Yeah, I just feel comfortable staying at a hotel. But when they come here, they can stay all day long. Now, back in the day, I used to stay at at Debbie Deb's house all the time out in L.A. because I ain't had no money. All right. uh, you so know what? I ain't going to sit there and tell that lie like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Somebody was just telling me a situation where she went to go stay at her homegirl's house, but her homegirl had her man over, and she said she was just uncomfortable. 
being there while she had her man there. Like that's and that's like her home girl, but she was like, I don't want to stay there no more when her man is there. I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean that would definitely be weird if it's just all the time. Like you said, if I just went to work real quick, then yeah. But if I went to work the whole weekend and you just there in the house with them, then yeah, it would be a little awkward. Okay. Especially if he's not at work. Plus, I got real friends. I got real friends that I've known for a long time that know my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like we really came up together in a real way. So it's just. It's just different. It's same a, thing. Yeah, same it depends thing. on the circumstance. Same thing with my, my wife's friends. Like these are people that she went to college with. You know what I mean? So it's like I've known these people my whole life, damn near, at least half my life. And also, it depends on space. Like sometimes you want people to have space with their significant other. You're not all up in the house, and you know what if it's small, and then you all in their space, and like they might want to have some time together, and you just there. We didn't did both. I didn't did it when it was two bedroom apartments, and then did it when we got houses. So it's just. I don't know. I just think it depends on the person. All right. Well, what's the moral of the story? Moral of the story is respect everybody's boundaries. You know what I mean? Set boundaries, find peace. Like Dr. Nadra, you know, uh, Tawab says. Like, literally. Your boundary, what brings you peace is the boundary you need to set. Period. All right. Now we got rumors on the way? Ooh, yes. Well, let's talk about Joe Rogan. He has apologized for repeatedly using the N-word on his show. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Happy Monday. We know uh, the two-day weekend isn't long enough for you. Mm-hmm. We know how you feel this morning. Mm-hmm. You up, mm-hmm. barely, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You still need to stretch a little bit. There's things cracking this morning. You hear your knees, your elbows, your back, maybe. Mm-hmm. But take a deep breath for everybody who, who can't this mm-hmm. morning. Okay. All right. <sighs> All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? We'll talk about Joe Rogan and the controversy surrounding him. A lot happened over the weekend, so we'll fill you in. All right. We'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Well, Joe Rogan is now apologizing for his repeated use of the N-word on his Joe Rogan Experience show during several different episodes. Now, he did say that it looks horrible even to him. It's a video of clips taken out of context, he says, of him of 12 years of conversations on his podcast. It's all smushed together. And he said that uh, most people believe there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And he says he does agree with that now. Here is what else he had to say. I was also talking about how there's not another word like it in the entire English language because it's a word where only one group of people is allowed to use it and they can use it in so many different ways. Like if a white person says that word, it's racist and toxic, but a black person can use it and it could be a punchline, it could be a term of endearment, it could be lyrics to a rap song, it could be a positive affirmation. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I never use it to be racist because I'm not racist, All right. I mean, and I agree he should not be using that word at all. Yeah, is this another example of why white people should never use the N-word? I know it's in songs and black people use it as a term of endearment, blah, blah, blah. Whatever reason folks use to justify it, but just don't. (laughs) Like, just don't use the word. Now, another clip that he addressed was a video where he's uh, calling a black neighborhood Planet of the Apes. He said it was around the time that he watched that film and he said it was in an effort to make his story entertaining. Here's what he said. There's a clip from 11 years ago. 
I was telling a story on the podcast about how me and my friend Tommy and his girlfriend, we got really high. We were in Philadelphia and we went to go see Planet of the Apes and we got dropped off in this all black neighborhood. And I was trying to make the story entertaining. And I said, we got out and it was like we were in Africa. It's like we were in Planet of the Apes. I did not, nor would I ever say that black people are apes. And I immediately afterwards said, that's a racist thing to say. I was just saying, there's a lot of black people there. But then I went on to talk about what a positive experience it was and how much fun it was to go to see this movie in a black neighborhood. All right, so for context, here is the actual audio of the Planet of the Apes conversation in the black neighborhood. He takes us there, we get out, and we're giggling, ooh, we're gonna see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door, and there was no white people. There was no white people. We, Planet of the Apes didn't take place in Africa. That was a racist thing for me to say. But you see what I'm saying. Everybody was super cool. You know how people always complain that black people talk to the movie theater and talk to the screen? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But it's good. It adds it's to the experience. Yeah. If what yeah. you know and like so the way i felt like i'm like look i'm in their neighborhood this is how they go to the movies who the fuck am i to be offended by how they like to go to the movies <laughs> i think i'm uh, saying that he walked into planet of the apes and i think that was the thing right well i think they were saying that it was like he was in planet of the apes when he got dropped off in a black neighborhood then he acknowledged that what he said was, was racist. racist yeah i mean listen if you've been in this business long enough as a broadcaster you said something stupid you said something that would be deemed problematic at some point, but when those things come back up, what can you do? You gotta apologize and mm -hmm. take accountability for those things. Now, Spotify is still standing by Joe Rogan. Daniel Ek, who is the CEO, addressed those comments. He said they were incredibly hurtful and inconsistent with company values, but he did not believe that silencing the podcaster was the answer. And so Joe Rogan has also vowed to do better when discussing matters related to the pandemic, because this is how this all started, too, by the way, um, because of him being irresponsible when it comes to dealing with COVID. And there was also that video compilation that Indy Ire posted of him using the N-word that was widely shared on social media that he even said sounded awful and horrible. So they did remove a number of episodes from Spotify. More than 100 episodes has been scrubbed from the podcaster's library. And so there's a website that tracks the show that shows that. Like I always say, you can't tell folks what to be mad at. Like just because your intent wasn't malicious or your intent wasn't to offend, we can't tell folks how to react to the words that come out of your mouth. So you just got to deal with whatever comes your way when you say what you want. But I do want to know, what do folks want to happen? Like when these old sound bites come out, right? You know, he apologized for them. What mm -hmm. do you want to happen? Because this isn't, this isn't the first time and won't be the last time, uh, you know, we hear a white person using the N-word in context, out of context, quoting rappers, quoting comedians, whatever it is. So what do you want to happen next? With, with, Joe, with just Joe Rogan or in general? Uh, Joe Rogan or just in general? Because this can happen to anybody at any given time if you've been in this business long enough broadcaster I mean, rapper comedian like you said you can't control how people react so you work for a private company they're going to make the decision mm -hmm. ultimately on what they decide to do so they pulled some of the episodes but they're still standing by him and I as think they should because they knew all of this was before he even did the deal so they knew that and then people have a right to be offended i'm gonna be honest i've never listened to an episode of joe rogan ever i, I so have I, I, listen to I know you have but all the time. I, I haven't so it's hard for me to say an opinion on somebody who i've never 
Yeah, and that's I, the other I, thing. I don't listen, listen to, to, to to too many. I've listened a couple of times, but also I don't know him. You know what I mean? And, and the people that seem like they know him say he's not a racist, say he's a good dude. So, I mean, what, what do you stand by? What, what I don't do you, know him personally. I met him twice. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't think he's racist. I've I, done I've done his show. I met him at my man Andrew's show to his wedding. I don't I don't I don't think he's a racist. All right. Well, some people but, did get backlash for saying just that. Now, Andrew Yang wrote, "I don't think Joe Rogan is a racist. The man interacts with and works with black people literally all of the time." Do well, I know black friends of use. Joe's who would swear by him? <laughs> yes, I do. Jesus Christ! That's the, I got a black yeah. friend. I mean, <laughs> so we can't say I don't know if somebody's racist or not. I just have no idea what goes on. But can right. you say racist things and not be racist? But I do. Yes, think, I do think it's wild that if you look at. Like Joe Rogan, and then you say, okay, well, they they just scrubbed his 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 old episodes, and then some you look of them, at somebody not like, a lot. There's a lot of episodes. Then you look at somebody like Whoopi Goldberg, who gets suspended for two weeks. Hold on, you said something that's very important. Just now. Can, you, can you say racist things and not be racist? Depending, right? Because you can say a slur, right? You can say a gay slur and, and mm-hmm. not be homophobic, be be homo ignorant, correct? Because a lot of times when we used to use that gay slur back in the day, it wasn't in reference to somebody's sexuality, right? That's, that's true. That's you facts. know, so yeah. You can sometimes sometimes these slurs come out of your mouth and it don't mean that you're that thing. But let me ask you a question. But Joe Rogan knew he couldn't use that word because he even said it's a unique word because one group of people can use it Mm -hmm. and another cannot. Mm -hmm. But then he was using it. But yeah, but he was using it anyway because I think that's why he said he had been discussing it. What about? I mean, I'm just throwing things out there because I'm just using examples. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen things in entertainment. Like we've seen you know Vince McMahon use it on WWE in a sketch. We've seen Larry David do it on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Howard Stern was wild. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. But yes, I mean, what is, so what do you, what's, what's the logic there? I, I, I'm just trying to figure out how somebody could use a gay slur, nothing happened to them, and then Whoopi could say something out of context and say mm-hmm. something wrong, get corrected, and get suspended. She didn't say a slur. To, to your point, to your point, what did you say about the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, p- people have a decision. That's right. And you work for a private company, and they pay you, and they can make whatever decision they want right. to make based on... Their own analogy. And that's why I say free speech is not free. There's a price to everything that comes out of your mouth, and you can't name that price. All right. Well, that is you your can't. rumor report. I'm sure we'll discuss more. Who are you giving your donkey to, man? Four after that, I was a person that could not name the price of mayonnaise. All right? You never know what mayonnaise can cost you. Right. I've been trying to tell y'all about mayonnaise for years on this damn radio. We'll talk about it four after the hour. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is the perfect day to boss up. This is Rick Ross's guide to building your own empire. Now listen up. Your first 30 days of Audible are free when you sign up at audible.com slash breakfast. WWPRFM HD1 New York. And iHeartRadio Station. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey today for Monday, February 7th goes to an Iowa man named Christopher Erlbacher. He's 29 years old of Woodbine, Iowa, and he was sentenced on Monday to a mandatory life sentence two months after he was convicted of first-degree murder. Now, what saddens me about this situation this is yet another example of young boys not being able to set their differences the old-fashioned way with their fists. Folks used to could just fight. Remember when folks could just fight and keep it moving? Mm-hmm. But that male ego is so fragile that some people just can't take that L when they lose that fist fight. By the way, uh, I'm sitting here talking about the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way stopped being the old-fashioned way in like the 90s. All right, <laughs> folks was running to grab guns when I was nah. in high school. 
2000s. You still fought in the 90s. 2000s was when they started. You think so? Hermes. Yeah. Really? Uh -huh. I got my last fight in about 2000s. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about people. Uh, right? You are not a person. <laughs> I'm not a person. Jesus Christ. I'll be a person. Right? I think around the 90s is when the gun violence really started. At least from, for at least for my age. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever. But Christopher and his friend Khalib were out eating and drinking, and Christopher overstepped his friend Khalib's boundaries. We've been talking a lot about boundaries. I told y'all 2022 is the year of the boundaries, okay? He, Christopher, overstepped his friend Khalib's boundaries by playing with his food. I don't like nobody playing with my food, okay? I had to tell my three-year-old daughter that yesterday. You don't walk up to people and just put your hand in their plate. All right, we don't practice. You don't do that, man. <laughs> Even at three, you doing a deep hoe. You put your finger in your food. Yeah, it came over me like Pac-Man doing her mouth, my, 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 and then like putting her hand, my, like yo, baby. All right, I understand you're three years old, but we don't practice bad habits. That is a bad habit that can carry into adulthood. Okay, you know how you got them adults right now that they can see you eating and they'll just reach for your plate. That's because nobody told them to stop doing that as a child when they were pretending to be Pac-Man, standing over your plate. Okay. And that's what happened between Christopher and Khalid. Would you like to know the details? Let's go to News 4 KTIV for the report, please. 28-year-old Christopher Erlbacher of Woodbine is charged with first-degree murder in the December 17, 2020 death of Caleb Solberg in Pisgah, Iowa. The incident centers around a physical altercation involving four people at the Old Home Cafe in Pisgah. Erlbacher and a friend, Sean Johnson, were feuding with two other men, Caleb Solberg and Craig Pryor. During the dispute, Erlbacher allegedly struck Pryor's vehicle and ran over Solberg several times, which authorities say caused fatal injuries to Solberg. Additionally, authorities say Erlbacher continued to drive by the body of Solberg, which hindered anyone from providing aid. Erlbacher eventually fled the scene and contacted his father for help. His father, though, took him back to the cafe where he was taken into custody. And what the news report doesn't tell you is that the two friends were eating and drinking at a bar when Christopher decided to put mayonnaise on Solberg's food. Okay, and Solberg was not happy with the mayonnaise being added, so he reacted by punching Erlbacher. Okay, that damn mayonnaise. Young Charlotte has been warning you about mayonnaise for years on this damn radio. Okay, Dukes, Heinz, Hellman's, Kraft, all of it is the devil. All right, it is Satan's spread. And too much of it ruins any and everything, okay? Too much mayonnaise in potato salad makes it not edible. Too much mayonnaise in tuna makes it not edible. That's why I refer to some white folks as human jars of helmets. That's not racist. It's science, all right? Too much of it just makes people sick. You have to have just enough, just enough with all the other ingredients makes the perfect dish, the perfect society. Okay, this man could leave would be alive today if Christopher hadn't forced mayonnaise on his food if he hadn't violated his boundaries by trying to put mayonnaise on his friend's food now what makes the situation so bad is christopher was the aggressor from the beginning christopher attempted to force the mayonnaise on his food all right he violated his friend's boundaries his man punched him and instead of realizing you know what i was wrong let me leave it alone he let his what i assume would be liquor fueled ego call you to kill a man with your whip over miracle whip some donkey of the days just saw themselves. Uh, please give Christopher Erlbacher the biggest hee-haw. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day, sir. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, Kimberly Jones will be joining us. Oh, my God. Kimberly Jones is just pure, pure energy. Please, we're not talking about the rapper either, by the way. No, not, not Lil' Kim. Kimberly Jones, activist, author. She has a book, uh, How We Can Win, and we're going to talk to her next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Activist author Kimberly Jones. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I was just saying behind the scenes, security downstairs, when, when we walked in this morning, was like, yo, you know little Kim's coming. I'm like, it's not that Kimberly. <laughs> but yes, Kimberly Jones will be joining us this morning. Do you get that? You ever get that? I get that all, all the, the time. time. Really? All the time. That's why I use my middle name, because it's like, if you just put in Kimberly Jones, all you get in is the queen. That's right. right. That's right. That's it. How <laughs> you feeling this morning? My grandma used to say, every day above ground is a good day. That's right. That's right. So I agree with that. That's how I know you from down south. <laughs> you from down south? No, I'm from Chicago. Chicago but That's down south. I, yeah, but yeah. I've, li- I've lived in Atlanta now longer than I lived in Chicago. Okay. So I, I feel like, you know, I'm an AT alien now. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. You know, the book, uh, How We Can Win, you know, and, and that book delves into the impact of systemic racism and lays out strategies for overcoming it. And I'm glad you're here this morning because I was looking at the... Brian Flores situation, you know, um, on CNN this morning. Yeah. It just bothers me because I hate seeing black people fight to be in spaces that we're only tolerated in. Yeah, I don't want to be in any space where I'm tolerated. You know, besides being an, an author and activist, I'm also a filmmaker. And so the question that I always get from people is like, oh, do you want an Oscar? You want an Emmy or a Golden Globe? And I'm like, no, I want an NAACP Image Award. Right. When I got nominated for the Image Award for my book, it was like I cried. I rolled on the floor. I like because I want to be in spaces where I'm celebrated. I want to be in spaces where when I show up, the gratitude for my presence is obvious by the way that I'm handled and treated. Mm. I don't want to be anywhere I'm I'm tired of begging for attention when we so fly. Mm. Like, black people so cold-blooded fly. Like, we have been winning, and the playing field has not been leveled. It's been so unleveled. It's been damn near vertical. Mm -hmm. And so we we should be celebrated for that. Can you imagine having to come through what we've had to come through and still, still being the greatest influence, not on this nation, but on the world? Mm Why, do you think, you know, we need we need separation or integration to, to properly overcome systemic racism? I think that there's always a dual narrative that's happening, and I think that's the difficulty we're having is addressing the dual narrative. I think there are some things that are owed to us through an integrated system, but I also think that there is some internal work that we have to do through a more segregated system, because at the end of the day, I want us to be insular and run our communities and circulate the black dollar amongst our communities. However, I'm still aware that living in this nation, we're still going to be governed by these laws. Mm-hmm. So we cannot ignore them. And the laws are still the same laws that have been on the books since the black codes, many of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So we're we're still being affected by it. So un- unfortunately, we have to work in both spaces. Let's talk about that. How, what, what, can, what can we do as a community? When we talk about unity and group oration amongst each other, what can we do Right. Like us. Yes. To overcome systemic Here's racism. the first thing that I would say <clears throat> is that we have to recognize, like, we learned through Reaganomics that the trickle-down effect does not work. That's right. Uh, waiting on things to come from the top to hit the bottom is not something going to work. So we have to start at the root and work our way out. So I tell people all the time, they're like, how are you going to change the world? I'm like, I'm not. I'm going to change DeKalb County. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change my county, and then hopefully by changing my county, I can give a blueprint to the next person to change their county. Like I look at things like this. I really want us to get more savvy at civics, and I don't need everybody to get savvy at civics, but I need 20 strong people in each city to get savvy at civics. So we have like in Atlanta, we have MPUs, which are like the neighborhood groups. Well, people don't realize that those groups are the groups that are communicating with city council, with commissioners, with everybody about what's happening. 
happening in that neighborhood. Well, those those MPU groups get infiltrated by developers. Mm-hmm. So developers move into the neighborhood. Not only do they join the MPU, but they become the president of the mm-hmm. MPU, which means then their strategy is all centered around how they're going to develop in that neighborhood. So you can touch your city council. You can touch your commissioner. So we should be going to council and saying, hey, we want to make a rule about these MPUs that if you are developing in that community, you cannot be the president of the board. I completely agree with that because yeah. we can't just vote. First of all, and we've no. been talking about this, people are not um, wanting to vote and feeling discouraged. But also when you vote, you can vote, like you said, lobbying. Yeah. And not just voting, but also coming together and making these demands and making sure that your voices are heard and being present. Be super present in it. Your local election is where you actually have the power. I watched seven teenage girls from a college campus in, jo- in Georgia change a rape law with no money, just grassroots lobbying. If you stand on the corner of Moreland and Memorial in Atlanta, if you stand on one side of that street, you're in Fulton County where marijuana is decriminalized. You're going to get a $50 citation. If you walk five steps across the street, you're in the cabin, you're going to jail. Mm. That's how much your local elections matter. And you can put your hands, you know, not literally put your hands, (laughs) but you can put your hands on your city council and talk to them about getting resolutions. Right now we're working on a Rayshard Brooks um, bill that we're trying to get passed. This is where you can actually get work done is at the local election. And this is where we show up the least. Mm -hmm. And we're all worried about the federal election where you do not have the lobbying dollars to impact that. And and I'm going to tell you one thing. How we have to get savvy is, for example, these these really bad um, voting bills that have passed. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're 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 talking again, begging the federal government to pass the law. Let me tell you what conservatives did. They had one person write a bill and then they took it to their state Mm -hmm. rep Mm -hmm. and they got somebody to sponsor that bill and get it passed. And then their cronies in another state took that same bill, Mm -hmm. adjusted it for that state's constitution and got it passed there. When you're looking at these anti-woke bills that are going to stop people from teaching CRT, which for the record, CRT is not taught in schools, but that's another conversation. They are doing it state by state. And we're still looking at federal votes when it's like, no, you need to have, we need to have combative bills and resolutions at the state level that are combating these bills. It's like you punching up, you punching up an air that you're not going to hit when all of your power and control is right around you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, you know, last summer what, it was 19 states that passed 36, you know, voter suppression bills. Yep. And I was like, why wasn't that being combated in each of those states? Exactly. And we were fighting it in Georgia And that's why we're now fighting it in court in Georgia, Mm -hmm. because we understood both of those bills. HB 531, I stood out in front of the courthouse protesting that bill in the rain and sun for 30 days. HB 531 and SB 202, now we realize that there's unconstitutional pieces in it, probably because it was rewritten from another state and there was some constitutional misses because every state has its own constitution. So now we realize we can fight it in court, which is what we're doing. I I would encourage everybody, get savvy about your state. Get savvy about your county because that's where your power lies. Let's go go a little bit deeper on that because even now when you see President Biden get out there and speak out against voter suppression, Mm -hmm. that's still a a federal, he's speaking from a federal level. Right. He really can't impact what happens in those states. So that's why people think it's a PR move. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like he can't impact what happened in those states, but we can. Mm -hmm. See, that's the trick, man. That was the coldest trick that was ever played was to convince us that we didn't have power. 
Mm. If you convince a people to be hopeless and that they are powerless, then they will sit in that hopelessness and that powerless and they will do nothing. But if we engage the people and teach them how to be powerful in their state. And the other thing is, is like I'm looking at these younger kids. You got to meet people where they are. Right. So it's like you can't get upset because young people don't care about voting and then be like, oh, they don't get it. They don't care. I'm going to tell you what young people do care about get into the bag. So if I break it down to you how you can get government contracts and how this city council person has been in this seat for 30 years and all the contracts are going to their same friends and if we run this young, exciting uh, you know, person against them and get them in the seat and now you have this relationship and I can show you how I can grow your business through government contracts, your ears gonna perk up. That's right. That's right. All right, we got more with Kimberly Jones. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kimberly Jones, activist and author of How We Can Win. Yee. Now, another thing you talk about in the book is defund the police. Mm -hmm. And you talk about your own experience with police brutality, which, by the way, was hard for me to read. So I can't even imagine what it was like for you to have to experience something like that. So do you think or what do you think let people know could happen for the police to actually work uh, better in our country because it hasn't? Well, I mean, policing is the grandchild of slave catching. And so the tenets of it has never changed since then. And even when you look around things as simply like, to me, George Zimmerman is a great example of that. And the reason that I say that is because when slave catching started, it basically deputized any white person to stop any black person at any given time and be like, what you doing? Mm -hmm. We were still being stopped by random folks with no authority asking them what you're doing. And so what you look at in the 60s and 70s was there was actually a transition and a change even in the uniform of the police officer that became more militarized. And so now what we really have is a military, a a local military, as opposed to an actual policing system. Mm -hmm. And also you are having police calls being made for things that don't, are not connected to criminality. That's right, Like mental health issues. Yeah, mental health issues, child truancy, things that don't require a person with a gun and a badge to, to do it. Also, even when you look at the recruiting videos for police, it's not the nice, friendly police officer of the 1950s getting the cat out of the tree. It's somebody <laughs> jumping over a car thinking they want to be Rambo, like, join the police forces, you know, live your best life. It's like, really? Is that is that what we're doing? We're trying to have a militarized system against the people. Policing is supposed to be about public safety. We have neglect public safety and really created an attack on the people. Can you break down what defund the police is? Simple people hate, some people really twist that phrase. Yeah, language, I guess that's why I'm a writer. I'm just like, language is such a like a delicious little morsel that can also be a very, very awful little demon because mm-hmm. what it does is it allows people to live in a lie. Because defund the police is not about, oh, we don't need public safety, we don't need any police, we can police ourselves. What it's saying is that we need the reallocations of funds to things that actually make sense. For example, it takes you longer to get a cosmetology license than it does to become a police officer. Mm-hmm. What kind of training is that? <laughs> I, I, I am better equipped to handle chemicals and, and get somebody's do-right 
than I am to actually walk around with a gun and have the authority to actually kill, potentially kill someone. So we don't have proper training for the police. We are not having consistent mental health checks for our police officers, and they are handling things that they should not be handling. So we need to remove things like child truancy, mental health issues, even some domestic issues from them and insert psychologists and people like that who can work under the banner of the police, but those funds will be reallocated to that group. Defund the police is not about let's get rid of public safety. It's about let's actually rethink the way and reimagine the way in which policing interacts with the people. And I think we should also do things like in order for you to police a community, you need to live in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if I look at a teenage envy and I live up the street from him, and I know that him climbing over the back fence is just him being a knucklehead, I'm gonna handle him completely differently in that moment if I just see a child that I don't know and I have this preconceived notion of black kids being pit bulls. Yeah, you see Envy, like, that's that little Dominican boy. Yeah, he don't mean no problem. Yeah, he always felt like he don't mean no harm. He just, you get up, and then you just, then you could just holler, Envy, get off of there. I feel like they should should have to do community (laughs) service too, like in the community that they're in. So every time you have an interaction, it's not because something happened, it's something aggressive. It can be a community service effort where you're there with people and you're doing something positive. And if you harm the community, you should leave your you should lose your pension because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the if yeah, if I if if I fire you, but the same community that you're brutalized is going to have to pay you for life. That's some bull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> your young Dolph's cousin. Yeah. How, how close cousin? So here's the crazy thing about how me and Dolph found out we were cousins. So I have a, I have a, a movie that I produced that's on Tubi uh, called Products of the American Ghetto, and Dolph was on the soundtrack with um with Ugly Money Nietzsche. He was P Nice then, and so I was producing the music video for that. And so as we were producing the video, me and Dolph standing outside smoking, and gets to talking, and. He said, he asked me where I was from. Mm -hmm. And I said, I was from Chicago. And he said, I'm from Chicago. I said, no, you're not. You're from Memphis. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, but I was born in Chicago. Um, You know, I have all this family in Chicago. So me and him get to talking and going back and forth. And we start making a connection and realizing like, oh, no, all jokes aside, we might like actually be cousins. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. So he called some people in his family. I called some (laughs) people in my family. And we're like distant cousins. I think we're like, you know, like fourth down the line or whatever. But we realized that we were cousins. And the funny thing about about it is like we didn't we didn't stay in a whole lot of touch but whenever we would see each other it would be love you what know up, what I'm cousin? saying yeah. what up cousin but I'm actually like had more relationship with with um with his life partner Mia and the crazy thing is I know Mia from the front lines Mia is an activist people don't realize like black men deserve to grow old she started that a year before Dolph was killed because of the death of her brother all this time I knew Mia I never made the connection she was Dolph's girlfriend wow, wow. So then when Dolph passed, um, she had reached out to me back in July and was like, Kim, I really need you on Black Men Deserve to Grow Old. And my mother had just passed. So I was like, oh, Mia, right I'm now, sorry, sis, thank you. But yeah, so I, I was like, you know, sis, I, I, right now I'm taking a break because I just, I just, I lost my brother a few months before that. And then I lost my mom just a few months after losing my older brother. And so when Dolph passed... That's when I made the connection that wow. that was his Mia. Right. Wow. And I was just like, oh, my God. So this past Saturday, um, me and my dear friend, Shar Bates, we started a project called the Melanated Mural Project. Um, and we are doing them once a month where we're doing old school block parties, DJs. We had DJ Greg Street out mm-hmm. there, DJs, 
food trucks, um, life-size games. We did this last one at the skate park. So kids came out and skate the park and we unveiled our first mural, uh, which was the which was Dolph's mural. And we had several uh, city council people come out and do proclamations to make it Young Dolph Day. And Mia was there um, and she gave a beautiful speech. And we're going to do that every month. Um, we actually, our next one coming up is for a uh, young kid, Leeton, who was a uh, 12-year-old sweet boy who was killed by state troopers. Um, but we are going to honor slain uh, black men um, every month through the Melanated Art Project. Wow. Man, Kimberly, tell, Kim, tell them where to find you, Kim. Um, follow me on Fanbase. Hey! I'm on Fanbase as Kimberly Latrice Jones. You can follow me on them other social apps, but I ain't shouting out nothing but Fanbase. All right. Hey, uh, listen, man, this is Charlamagne talking, man. Please go out there and get How We Can Win. Uh, race history and the money games that's rigged by Kimberly Jones. Go to Amazon right now. Uh, by this afternoon, I want to see this a uh, number one bestseller. Absolutely. Okay? Kimberly Jones, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Hey. Salute to everybody that saw Euphoria last night. I don't want to spoil it, but we're not acknowledging how much uh, Spider-Man has taught Rue. Okay. Rue looked like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man last night. Him, man. That's my, my Valentine's Day gift to you, brother. It came a little early. I just want you to have that. Take I don't it. even want to know. Take it. I get Look. I, Somebody <laughs> sent something for you? Nah, you got that. And speaking of Euphoria, while you guys uh, play around with each other, Euphoria has been renewed for another season. Take just that. that Euphoria is phenomenal. Literally last mm, night, season three. Rue looked like Spider-Man scaling through the neighborhood. The only thing she didn't have was webs. You're not going to take my gift? What is it? Let me hold it. Let me see this. Yeah, take it. Look, look what he got me. For Valentine's look, Day already, you couldn't hold you see? it? What, what, does what, that is say? That? what does that say? Auto blow? Auto blow. What does it say? It's for oral sex. It's the best. Okay. Thank you, Envy. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. He uses artificial intelligence to give the perfect oral. It's the thought that counts. I think that, you know, black men who don't cheat, this is these are good gifts to be sharing with each other. You know what I'm saying? Got you, bro. That's right. Thank you, King. I appreciate that. Use it in good health. That's right. What do you mean, use it in good health? I don't know. That's what people the say. What the health got to do with this? That's what they say when they use it in good health. What does this mean? All right. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get to the room. Do you think that could AI. take your place? So I need the oculins? I need the octagons? What's the, Oculus. What's they called? Oculus. I need this for this? No. Oh. But you can. No, that's cheap. But it has different, like, it has full full stroke, intense, uh, fast, teasing, slow. This is a family top. show. I didn't, you know what? Get in the blow, auto blow. Get in the blow, auto blow. All right, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kanye West. Oh, Lord. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Kanye is not happy that his daughter North is on TikTok and he's saying all kinds of things. He says, since this is my first divorce, I need to know what I should do about my daughter being put on TikTok against my will. Now, Kim Kardashian got a little fed up and she posted Kanye's constant attacks on me in interviews and on social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North might create. As the person who is the main provider and caregiver for our children, I'm doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creativity in the medium that she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. Divorce is difficult enough on our children and Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all. 
law. She did say she wishes to handle all matters regarding our children privately. Now, Kanye responded, what do you mean by main provider? America, so you try to kidnap my daughter on her birthday by not providing the address. You put security on me inside of the house to play with my son, then accuse me of stealing. I had to take a drug test after Chicago's party because you accused me of being on drugs. Tracy Romulus stopped manipulating Kim to be this way. Then he posted the rules for TikTok. And to let people know, uh, you know, for, to sign up for TikTok, you must first pass through an age gate to get you into the right TikTok experience. In the U.S., if you're under 13 years old, you'll be placed into our TikTok for younger users experience, which has additional privacy and safety precautions. Then he posted, I want to bring my kids to my hometown of Chicago to see my basketball team play for 7,000 people. And Kim is stopping that. How is that joint custody? And he said, he also posted, there's a lot going on here, guys. I see. Uh, he also posted a conversation that he had, a text message conversation with one of Kim's cousins uh, where, you know, she said, hi, how are you? Hope all is well with you and the kids. I saw your post on Instagram about TikTok and your daughter. I'm happy to share what I know about that. Since I'm a single mom and want to keep my kids off the Internet, call me or let me know if you want some information. Hope to see you all soon. And then she also said, is it safe to buy Yeezys on StockX? Andrew wants Belugas. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. it. That was she multitasking. She that in. I think that I think she wanted to ask him about that, and she had every said, she had exactly she had every plan to ask him about that on that day, mm-hmm. but then all this other stuff got in the way of it. But look, she's like, let me reach my, out. My man needs these. Oh, my son needs these. I need the belugas. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do now. Kanye posted this and said, "This is an example of Kim's cousin agreeing with me about TikTok." Then proceeded to ask me for some Yeezys afterwards. And she asked Slick too. I'm gonna tell you she how did. she asked Slick because she said, "Is it safe to buy them on StockX?" Because she want him to say. Don't no, worry, don't buy them on stock check. I'll send them to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Niggas. And then um, he also goes on to say, uh, yesterday Kim accused me of putting a hit out on her, so let me get this straight. I beg to go to my daughter's party and I'm accused of being on drugs. Then I go play with my son and I take my Akira graphic novels and I'm accused of stealing. Now I'm being accused of putting a hit on her. These ideas can actually get someone locked up. They play like mm-hmm. that with black men's lives, whether it's getting them free or getting them locked up. I'm not playing about my back black children anymore. Okay, and then he also posted him asking Larry Jackson for Kim's number. He said, send me Kim's number, and then Larry Jackson responded, here you go, and he sent the contact through. The only thing I don't like about Kanye is, 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 he's he's, is he's black when he's down, but when he's up, slavery was a choice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whenever there's some type of struggle or uh, something's not going his way, that's when he becomes a black man. But when he's up... You know, slavery was a choice, and Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. we, and we need to move past race. Now, next up, he also did scrub some of his posts about Kim and the kids. And then you can see there's video circulating that shows all four of his children hanging out with him at some sort of church service in L.A. And so apparently he did get a chance to see them. And he does still have his girlfriend, Julia Fox, who does have her Forbidden Fruits podcast. And so there was also news saying that Julia Fox used to date Drake. And she explains what happened on her newest episode of her podcast. About Julia and Drake. Uh-huh. And I think Julia has some words for us. Yeah. He's a great guy and a gentleman. And that was it. Nothing really happened. We were just like friends hanging out. Mm. Now, she also... Just like friends. You, yeah, you can't say nothing about being black when you're dating somebody that goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like friends. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when did Kim say Kanye put a hit on her? I missed that one. That happened? I don't know. He's I, saying that maybe uh, it happened privately. I didn't hear that one either. And how know. do you accuse the mother of your child of kidnapping? I don't know. I can't. 
I thought he wanted to get back with her. But that's just because she was having a birthday party. How's that kidnapping? It's not really. Oh, okay. But you know. <laughs> All right. Um. Now, Kylie Jenner. Congratulations to her and Travis Scott. They have welcomed their second child together. Nice. Two, two, twenty-two. So. A boy, right? Oh, that's a good. Yes, date. a boy. Mm, congrats mm-hmm. to them. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. And, and prayers up to Tyrese. By the way, he revealed his mother is in the ICU. And he did say in the middle of filming, he got the worst phone call he's ever gotten. He had to ask the director for a pause. His mother is in a coma in ICU with pneumonia and she caught COVID. So prayers up to Tyrese's mother. I'm sure that's a difficult time for him. Absolutely. Sending healing energy to my man Tyrese and his mom. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Sending healing energy to Kanye West too, man. Lord, he needs it. Mm-hmm. Now go send healing energy to the cousin that's trying to get the belugas. No, she's short. So sending healing energy to Kim and the family too. That was, like, was kind of disrespectful in the midst of all this drama. Like, right, not I, really I, though. Yes, yes, it is. I'm gonna Shut tell you that. why. Cause wow. she's like, oh, you want a little information, huh? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you want, that number? You want the you, number? I give you a little bit. I give you the number, but is it safe to buy shoes on StockX? <laughs> wink, wink. I will know. say StockX does verify everything, right? And we went through the whole verification yep. process. They do. So they guarantee that they're real. So yes, hon, it is safe to buy. And, and she she didn't want that answer, though. And she didn't give him the number. Because he nope. said he got it from Larry Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, oh, I don't get no Yeezys. Oh, no you don't me. get no number. That's right. What's the problem here? What Sounds like an even exchange to me. What a family. All right. <laughs> People's Choice mixes up next. is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent. Woo. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash breakfast now to try ZipRecruiter for WWPR FMHD1 New York. An iHeartRadio station. Let me put a little bit of the breakfast club up in your lifestyle. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. You are rock, 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 rockin' with the best. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's Black History Month. What are we doing? Listen, man, you know, uh, every day on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, we drop a daily podcast called I Didn't Know, Maybe You Didn't Either, hosted by my guy B Dot. And today, B Dot is telling us the history of the dunking booth and how it was created. Let's listen. I didn't know, maybe you didn't either. What's happening? Beat out here kicking it with the Black Effect Podcast, and we are at the Magnolia House in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's nice in here. We're in the Baldwin Room. In the late 1800s and as early as the 1950s, white folk would play a game at the fair called Hit the Baby. You can Google it. I'm not making this up. You would get to the fair, there would be a huge target, and in the bullseye, an enslaved Negro would sacrifice his face. And for $5, you would get three baseballs and you would try to knock that Negro's eyeballs out his sockets. After mutilations and numerous missing teeth, sometimes even death, the white people of that time said, hey, this isn't safe at all. Translation being, um, when you're deforming my products at the fair, they don't come back working right. So, what did the innovative white people of the times decide to do? They said, hey, bring over a barrel of water and let's sit a Negro on top of it. 
and you take those three baseballs and you hit that target. When you do, the Negro, he'll fall into the water and we'll get a good old kick out of it. Thus inventing the dunking booth. How thoughtful. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Maybe you didn't either. Uh, make sure to describe. Make sure to subscribe to the I Didn't Know Maybe You Didn't Either podcast. It drops daily on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. B dot. Thank you for that free jewelry, my brother. All right. Keep it locked. We got the positive note at the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Yes, and happy Monday. I do want to shout out to some people in Turks and Caicos. First of all, happy birthday to Oki, who owns Captain Oak's Tiki Bar. If you ever have the privilege to go on vacation, and Turks is such a beautiful place, but you got to check out Captain Oak's. And they also opened up another spot called um, Noah's Ark. So shout out to Michael Mizik, who opened the Noah's Ark. It's like these little bars in the middle of the ocean. So it's a really fun thing. So thank you to um, Jack. Jack Nasty, who took care of us while we were out there. I just had a nice weekend i tried to relax but i ended up doing a lot of work while i was there but it was cool to have a little bit of time all right well Charlemagne, you got a positive note i do man the positive note is simply this uh an unhealed person can find offense in pretty much anything someone does a healed person understands that the actions of others has absolutely nothing to do with them each day you get to decide which one you will be